0: Welcome, Patriots, to this episode of Ravens Radar. I've been on the road. I missed you guys. We are back in studio, and boy, are we back with a bang. We're going to have some growing pains today. If it's in your sights, it's on my radar. We'll be airborne shortly. Welcome, patriots, to this episode of Raven's Radar. I have been traveling, but I am back in the studio today. And boy, do we have a monster episode for you guys today. It's not often that I get to get some true... Hollywood celebrity, because most times it makes me want to cringe, but we do have some conservatives. We do have some patriots that are still left out there. I know it's hard to believe, but we're going to be getting and uh, talking in, in depth with the one and only jeremy miller from the hit series growing pains i know all of you are thinking that you're going to start singing this theme song as soon as you hear it, it's going to be stuck in your head uh but first as we always do we need to catch up on what's going on around uh the world we had a great conference in salt and light i was there on stage with judge janine Perro. i had alveda king sing me happy birthday <laughs> it doesn't get better than that true civil rights icon uh, solid Republican, just a great woman of faith. Uh, we had the GOP debates, guys, in Simi Valley uh, at the time of this taping. It was uh, last night. Ugh. Um, I, I think the best word I can use for this um, debate is cringe. It was cringe. It was absolutely a dumpster fire um, that I had to not be able to look away from. There was a real opportunity. Joe Biden is literally a walking meme. He's a walking gaffe. The material is there. Inflation is sky high. Americans are crippled under it. Our economy is on life support. The border is wide open. Record apprehensions, 4,000 a day, overwhelming our border. Sanctuary cities losing their mind across the country. We need money. That's what the solution for everything. Global warning, money. Okay, border money, 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 money. We don't have any, we just need it. Uh, So that's what was going on. And yet, what did they choose to do? They chose to, you know, get in line to throw darts at Trump. It was, and with the creme de la creme being this nugget of ridiculousness from Chris Christie.
1: And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on this stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck.
0: I, I can't even. I know what you're thinking, Patriots. Oh my God. What a lame O. That was absolutely ridiculous. How many times did he rehearse that? Donald Duck, are you kidding? What is this, third grade? This guy has got to be kidding. Can you just exit stage left and take the guy with the fly with you? It was painful. Patriots. I mean, this was, you know, and here's the best part. You guys are going to love this. We got greasy Gavin Newsom strutting through the lobby of the debates. Okay. Like he has some reason to be there talking about, okay, well, climate change. Anybody want to talk about climate change? No, we want to talk about the $7 a gallon gas we had to pay to get to the Reagan library. Can we talk about that? And the train to nowhere was nowhere around. This guy is ridiculous. How did this guy get airtime? $7 a gallon. And you guys want to talk about Trump? Anybody paying attention? Bueller? It was crazy, patriots. It was absolutely. So I'm hoping if there's a third debate, uh, painful. If there's a third debate, can you guys try to focus on the ball, keep your eyes on the prize. Okay, and what is the prize, Raven? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Let me tell you what the prize is, okay? The impeachment hearing is continuing at a snail's pace, which is what it was intended to do, while everybody tries to pretend they're doing something without actually doing something. So we've got this inquiry. You guys are gonna love this, okay? Now, Biden had the bribes, okay, allegedly, had the bribes coming to his house. So is that like, it's Uber cheats, okay? You gotta be kidding, okay? He just had it coming to my house. I'm too lazy to go out and get this bribe money. So I got Uber cheats bringing me the the bribes to my house. And Democrats are, it's Trump's fault. He posted something on social media. That's why we're having an inquiry. It's not because we are sitting on evidence Everest, okay? While uh, King up, King Dingaling, is sitting around there going, you know what? I don't know what day it is. Corruption. I don't see any corruption because you can't see anything. Turn the teleprompter around. Just let us read it. It's it's ridiculous, patriots. We have evidence of bribes. We have phone calls. We have sworn testimony. We have whistleblowers. We have evidence everywhere. And now we've got judges going, you know what? Mar-a-Lago is only worth 18 million. Every other surrounding property is worth 39, 40 million dollars. But he lied and inflated his net worth. So Um, we're going to sue him for fraud because when I'm not being a ridiculously imposteristic judge, I'm a real estate appraiser. Come on, guys, work with me on this. It is ridiculous. Patriots, if it sounds ridiculous when I say it, because it's ridiculous when anybody says it. It is absolutely unconscionably stupid how this has gotten. Okay, Biden is corrupt and we're all gonna pretend and play this game. We gotta do things by the book. You know, okay, if you say so, but here's what we're gonna do, patriots. We are going to keep the lights of justice on. We are not gonna give them any quarter. We can't carry this cross for President Trump, but we sure as heck can hold his arms up and lift him up. And I've been amazed at how many people are jumping ship, how many people are not loyal. Well, he's had a lot of legal trouble. That was the point, guys. That's what the Democrats do. The point was to bog him down so people will start thinking, what's going on? Meanwhile, we literally have evidence pouring in that has been available for years on Biden. It shows that our DOJ is looking the other way. Judges are looking, everybody's desperate to cover this up. Instead of coming clean and saying, you know what? I took an oath, okay, to America to to protect and defend and they're not holding to that. But I'm sorry, patriots. I'm from a military family. I'm gonna hold, we're gonna hold. We are going to keep the wheels of justice. It matters not to me what side it's on, okay? What does matter to me is how is a senator stuffing it into his jacket? I don't know how half a million dollars got into my jacket. (laughs) Why does this stuff only happen to Biden and his cronies? Unreal. Okay. can everybody check the dry cleaner of this guy and just make sure we don't have any other dinnerware with hundreds of thousands of dollars stuffed into the pocket? I know, right? I'll see myself out. Uh, But in the meantime, I'll be here all week. So, Patriots, that is the scope of what's going on. So we're going to be keeping our eyes on what's happening uh, from the legal standpoint, I'll be continuing to do my radio stints and my, my media tours and my television interviews, keeping it real, real Raven, which is, we're not pulling any punches on this. We are going to make sure every single one of these crumb sleaze sleazeball attorneys who can't find their way to do their job gets called out. And we are going to vote them out. Vote red, remove every Democrat and rhino and Sino. What's a Sino? It's a Christian in name only. We're gonna get them all. Big sweep. Let's go on a safari. But before we do that, Patriots, let's have some fun. Let's take a step back. Let's go back to a hit television show in a time when everything was pretty darn awesome. We're gonna be with the one and only Jeremy Miller right after this. Hey there, Patriots. It's Raven Harrison, your conservative warrior. I'm coming to you on behalf of Raven Pack, which is an organization I founded to ensure that real Christians, real believers, real patriots have the resources and the funding to fight this unprecedented war for our freedoms and our country. Not all heroes wear capes, but wars are expensive and tiresome. I encourage you to go to ravenharrison.com, click on the link for Raven Pack and give us your most generous contribution. As I always say, if you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are, and every little bit helps. This is an unprecedented fight for our freedoms, but it's a war we can win. I am grateful for every patriot who will go to Raven Pack and donate and be part of this great country and restoring it to all its glory. Until then, keep fighting. Welcome back, patriots. It is that time. You know what time I'm talking about. You saw the teaser I alluded to. We have an extra special treat for you today. I can't even say the front lines. I'm going to say international lines. We have a true celebrity on our show today, on Raven's Radar, for if you're in my generation and most of you are, we grew up with the hit show Growing Pains. We That was our lore. That was our Americana. And we have one of the stars of that show with us here today. He is an author. He is a podcaster. He is now a chef. He was an international superstar, the one and only Jeremy Miller. Let me take you back to memory lane. like you weren't dancing to that patriots that's what i'm talking about the one and only jeremy miller welcome to raven's radar
1: thank you raven i appreciate it how you doing today
0: i am doing great that is seriously the coolest thing ever and cutest baby biggest smile
1: on my face you know
0: It, it looks just like the face we saw in those baby pictures that is epic that was when you look at that clip does that sink in that that is you That we're looking at
1: it does and it doesn't you know what i mean it's uh it's almost like watching old home movies you know you're kind of detached from it but you know that that was you know a time in your life and man that just puts the biggest smile on my face especially seeing alan we miss him every day
0: except everybody was watching your home movies and yes true it was a a great so that was all of our home movies uh was now, just was it as a spectacular? What was was the dynamic? What was the set like? What was it like working with these, these industry superstars?
1: I was very blessed in that we had an incredible cast, crew, and set. Uh, we didn't have a lot of the drama that you hear about, um, a lot of the backstage fighting and disagreements. We were a 200-person family. I mean, we really were. There's... I mean, we knew our, our cameramen's kids' names. We knew our lighting guys and sound guys' wives and husbands. And it was a 200-person family. Everybody looked out for you. We loved everybody. And, you know, being a kid surrounded by that much love and support was, was amazing.
0: Absolutely. Amen to that. And you still keep in touch with your cast. You're still family.
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, We're still all up in each other's business. Um, (laughs) The last time we all got together and saw each other all in one place, given everybody has families and lives and careers, but was at Alan's funeral. Um, Was it? It would be seven years in November, and um, you know, it was a wonderful just celebration of his life and. He was kind of the glue that kept us all not together because we all still check on each other. We all still talk, but he would force us to pause our lives and get together. He would regularly once a year, um, if things got crazy, maybe once every two years, just basically send an email. He would pick a date and say, look, all of you bring your families, come up to the ranch up in Santa Barbara. We're going to you know, barbecue and swim and just have a family day. And we'd all bring the families up and just, you know, spend time together. So um, we haven't done that much since he's been gone. He was kind of the catalyst for getting us all together. But yeah, we, I mean, Tracy and I live near each other. I see her in the store, I mean, in the grocery store more than I see anybody else. And, uh, you know, Kirk and I get together to, to visit and and chat and I come, come over and cook for the fam and stuff sometimes. So it's it's family it really is i mean we may have only worked together for 7 years but we've been family for over 30
0: we love to hear that especially in in this day and age and i'm telling you that's good that sounds like it's a real opportunity uh, the urge to call you Ben Seaver is overwhelming, but Jeremy I, is. And
1: I still answer to it. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we really be... would come on barbecue and see he slipped something in there, Patriots, that I really want you to be aware of Of when you say, you know, I cook and seeing them in the store. What a lot of people don't realize is what does life look like after growing pains? You've gone on to do some really incredible things. You're a chef now.
1: I I am. I actually grew up cooking. My grandmother had a restaurant uh, when I was young. And I would actually go up there on our hiatuses during the summer when we weren't filming. And I would actually work in grandma's restaurant. So that's kind of where I got my love for it. I grew up cooking with her, you know, from the time I was probably three years old, you know, following her around the kitchen and stuff. So yeah, I've always loved it. I went to culinary school after um, Growing Pains went down. Um, you know, I, I took a break from acting for a while and I did it at probably the most inopportune time because at the time the, the doors were still open for me. You know, people were still very interested in, you know, trying to work with me on different projects. And after taking a few years off, I came back, those doors weren't open anymore. Um, you know, I had to do some pounding and some footwork to get them to open again. And in the meantime, I realized I need something a little more, you know, consistent, um, as a career to be chasing while I'm still filming, I still do independent films. I still go and audition and, and do work. Um, actually have a couple of films that I'm tied into right now that once this strike is over, I will be going back into production on, but, um, You know, I always had a passion for cooking and culinary school just sounded like a great idea. I've gotten into catering and private chefing, and uh, now my focus is actually on like culinary cooking parties. Uh, I go into someone's home and kind of teach. you know, a six to eight person, sometimes even as many as 12 person class. And we pick a genre or a style of cuisine. And uh, I teach them four or five dishes, they get to eat them and enjoy while I teach them how to make it as well as kind of the history behind it. Uh, It's a lot of fun.
0: It is incredible. So you're gonna catch this Patriots that when we say celebrity chef, Okay. We are talking about a celebrity who also happens to be a chef and we're going to be debuting uh, Jeremy's cooking talents at one of our events coming up. We're going to keep you posted about that. We're going to show off how multi-talented he is. But I want to, Jeremy, you brought up something really interesting. You said when Growing Pains um, went down and Right now, there's gotta be a lot of, because life hits fast and furious, and it has not been the golden (laughs) yellow brick road that it was on growing pain. You've had some real hardship. Briefly take us through, like since growing pain, it it got really rough for you. Tell us how bumpy the road got, because I think there's a lot of parallels to what we're going, a lot of people are facing today, and there's a real message of resilience in here, but tell us what you've been facing since growing pains.
1: I um, I suffered a lot of abuse when I was young. Um, my stepfather was a very abusive man, uh, mentally, sexually, physically, you name it. He was a very abusive person. And, uh, you know, most kids are not real equipped for dealing with that kind of stuff. And um, I started it. It kind of added to the social anxiety that I al- already dealt with as a child, Um and it it led me down. It led me to the bottle, basically. Uh, I found alcohol to be a uh, social lubricant and kind of a self-medication. And I went down a really, really bad road. Um, my family had been. I mean, not my entire family, but my grandparents, my uncles. Um, weird enough, both my mom and dad are not drinkers. My dad's a complete teetotaler. I don't think he's had a drink since he was like 17 years old. Um, my mom is the type who will have a uh, Kahlua and cream or a pina colada, get halfway through it and be like, whew, I'm good. Thanks. Um, You know, my grandparents were functional alcoholics. My my uncle, same thing. Um, So I kind of grew up around it being normal. I grew up around it being um, okay as long as you were getting what you needed done, as long as you were handling your responsibilities. So for a long time, I thought I was doing okay. Uh, because I still was managing life, but I was really just a functional alcoholic who was really hiding um, from the pain.
0: And that's, so, that's a mouthful right there, Jeremy, because we're talking about functional you know, alcoholic. I'm one of the few people who knows, you took your first drink at four years old.
1: And it wasn't just a first drink. I mean, I would, it, it, like I said, it was not a weekly thing or a monthly thing, but my grandparents would have these big parties Um, there would be lots of beer, lots of cocktails and as a four year old and probably till I was maybe six or so, I would walk around after those parties and I would polish off all the beers. Now, given there's maybe a swallow or two in there, but when you are, you know, yay big and you drink 10 or 12 swallows, I would get a little drunk and I just do that until I fell asleep in grandpa's chair, um, you know most four-year-olds most little kids they taste alcohol they taste, and they're like, Ew, ah, you know i liked it and as you can see i mean i would just go and go and go until i got so sleepy that i'd go to sleep so even at that age i never had the off switch and that's the difference i have many friends who went through periods of hard drinking where they were you know maybe having more than they should um where they were you know indulging way too much and they were able to, when they realized it and were done with that, they just walked away. You know, they were able to just put it down, walk away and say no more. That was not a skill I had. Um,
0: Especially I not at it, four. <laughs>
1: no, not at four. But I mean, it, it just continued. I didn't drink regularly. Um, but when the opportunity arose, I would drink and it was always to excess. So there was an incident when I was 10. There was an incident when I was 12. Um, I admitted this on the show you know that I did a while back there was actually a episode that I filmed on film day completely drunk there was one episode um, I was maybe 14 years old and I had found a bottle of uh, I think it was scotch or wild turkey in one of the set decorators offices Um, and I poured myself a solo cup you know red solo cup about three quarters full and just downed it. you know that's not normal. That's not normal drinking behavior. That's not normal for a fourteen-year-old. Something was, you know, very, very wrong, and I, um, I didn't know it. You know, I didn't know that wasn't okay. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew it was something I shouldn't be doing, of course. Um, but nobody knew. People kind of knew I was off. But, um, you know, very embarrassed to admit that. But, I mean, I'm an open book. People, I want people to learn from my story and my mistakes. So, I mean, I, I got to be truthful with it. And, Correct. Yeah, I, I did. I, I filmed an entire episode pretty drunk one time.
0: And we need to see that, Patriots, because that's really huge. You want to talk about the spotlight on you. You're growing up, you're going through puberty, you have an intense international spotlight on you, and you're lacking direction. I mean, it's like the perfect storm. And we're going to talk about this and more when we come back with the one and only Jeremy Miller. Hey there, Patriots. It's Raven Harrison, the conservative warrior. The book is out, Raven's Mantle, Fighting the Betrayal of America. It is a powerful memoir that you have to read to believe, not just my story, the loop of being raised in the Cold War and now being on a loop with communism, but also what the story of the daughter of two retired Air Force Colonels looks like, what the front line looks like, and more importantly, what created the conservative warrior. It is a story you have to read to believe it is available on amazon.com barnesandnoble.com on our website ravenharrison.com and in bookstores i'm encouraging you patriots to go out and get a copy of this book support us in this unprecedented fight for our freedom and know what the front line looks like an informed patriot is a powerful patriot and like i always say if you can't be on the front lines support those of us who are i look forward to seeing you all soon Keep fighting. Welcome back, Patriots. And I promise you it was going to be epic. We have a real treat today. We are with the one and only Jeremy Miller, one of the stars of Growing Pains. And I don't know about you, Patriots, but I love those trips down memory lane, those things that, that remind us of the way things used to be. And we're talking with Jeremy about how there's a real price sometimes for, for stardom. There's a real price for what you see in front of the camera. The, the payment is due behind the camera. Am I right, Jeremy?
1: It absolutely is. I mean, I was very blessed in that. I had a lot of good people around me to kind of steer me in the right direction. Um, my, my alcoholism could have gotten so much worse so much earlier. Um, and I also, with my addictive personality could have very easily gone down the drug route as well, but I was very lucky that I had a lot of people around me that, and, you know, most importantly, my mother and my grandmother who kept me away from that stuff. I mean, that is, and was a part of Hollywood back then. I mean, we would go to these parties or events that I had to, you know, make an appearance at and there'd be Coke on the table. You know, I'm like 11 years old and you'd walk in and there's a pile of Coke on the table over in the corner or there's, you know, my mom would steer me in, we'd get our pictures taken, I was seen and she'd get me right back out the door. I wasn't around that scene. So I had a lot of good people looking out for me. But even with that, you know, I still, I still found my way to the bottom of a bottle. And again, it was more of a self medication thing. I did not have a lot of confidence. Um, you know, that price you're talking about growing up in puberty in front of millions, uh, is rough. I suffered a lot of bullying at school. Um, you know, it was a double-edged sword in that the fame was there and one of the problems was I would come to a new school and all the girls liked me. They didn't like me, they liked Ben, they liked the fame, they liked the celebrity. Well, that kind of didn't endear me to most of the guys. So then they decided they were gonna pick on me. They were gonna bully me. They were gonna try and fight me, which I was a bit of a hothead that didn't usually go very well for them. But um, I, I chose to deal with that. And with all the pain and all the anger uh, over the abuse, I, I chose to medicate. I chose to run away from it, I did not have the tools to be able to deal with it.
0: But that is a lot patriots, isn't it? And just to confirm that it was not you that left the coke in the White House, right, Jeremy?
1: Uh, No, no. Haven't been to Washington in a while, so that that was not me. I I have had my tours of the White House before, but no, no. And there was never
0: any blow in it. So (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make that clear. But what I really want, Patriots, for you to hear from this is because Jeremy is the story he's here now of resilience. It's not whether you get down, it's whether you stay down. So tell me what turned this around. Jeremy, what got you back on track?
1: Um, there were multiple events that really got me back on track. One of the biggest was meeting my, my beautiful, my love, my fiance, Joni. Um, I was on the precipice of my addiction. I was still very much a functional alcoholic when we met. Um, but when we met and I fell madly in love with her, I, without even thinking, took on a ready-made family. I took on Joni and her three boys, who are my boys. I love them more than anything. Um, But I was certainly not equipped to deal with that. I was not uh, ready to be a father of three. I didn't consider that. Not that it would have changed anything. I loved her and them so much it wouldn't have altered my decision. But that pressure of now being responsible for, you know, three boys and a, and a fiance and taking all that on was more than I could deal with. And it definitely exacerbated the drinking. Um, things started to go downhill pretty quickly. And Joni was real key in, you know, helping me to realize there was a problem. Um, that doesn't mean I was able to fix it. You know, I, I fought for years from the time I realized I needed help. Um, I fought for years. I tried every modality of recovery that was out there. And again, I say this, I do not say this to take anything away from these programs. I have seen people get sober and get help with almost every modality out there, but I couldn't make them work. I tried, you know, hypnotherapy, hydrotherapy, uh, AA, celebrate recovery. I mean, you just, I ran the gamut of every type of recovery out there and I couldn't make them work. I couldn't make them stick. And, um, after a particularly nasty blow up, I called my mom and I said, you know, mom, I need help. Just find me anything. And she came across this program that was actually, it's a medically assisted, uh, recovery. And they were using a a small implant. It was a small pellet that was just a dissolvable medicine that helps to block your cravings. And that was my biggest hurdle. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I sat in the parking lot of the liquor store screaming at myself, arguing it with myself, going in, coming back out without a bottle, going in, buying a bottle, coming out, dumping the bottle or throwing it out and then heading back in. I don't know how many times I drove out of the parking lot only to make a U-turn and come back in. There was this constant battle and I could not get past it. Um, but I was very blessed to find this program and, uh, my writing partner who I wrote, uh, the book when I wished upon a star with, um, my writing partner is a doctor, and he was one of the people who kind of helped get me into this program and helped me get help. Um, so, Joni and, and him. And this is,
0: we're talking about Brandon, correct? Dr. Uh, Brandon good, Lane Dr. Phillips. Dr. Brandon Lane and Patriots. I want to interject because this is a really, uh, Dr. Brandon, okay, was one of the children who is able, a terminal child, uh, who was able to make a wish. Uh, and a lot of times it will be, I want to meet this person. I'd like to go here before I die and all these, and his wish was to meet you.
1: Yeah. He was the only wish kid, um, whose wish was to come to the set to meet me. We got many, many people who wanted to come and meet Kirk, who wanted to just come be a part of the show or to come see it film. But this young man from, you know, a small town in Louisiana had a connection to my character. Uh, My character had the family he wanted and he just had this natural affinity for me and uh, out of anything he could have done He chose to come and meet me and we just formed this lifelong friendship. I mean, we really did he uh, The procedure he had had to help fix his heart um, actually has become so commonplace that his ailment has been taken off the terminal list um, you can, you don't even qua- you don't even qualify for the terminal wish anymore with his condition um, because it's become very commonplace and fixable and treatable over the years. but i've I've told you before he is such an amazing guy. He actually went on to become a pediatric cardiologist treating kids who have the same type of heart defects and problems that he grew up with. Um, just an amazing man that I am very blessed to have in my life. And him and Joni, were the two most crucial parts of getting me sober. Um, I will say that both Alan Thicke, who played my father, and Kirk Cameron, who played my brother, also made calls to the company for me. They were the only ones who stepped up during that time. Um, I know my other family on the show loves me and stuff, but I always gotta give credit to Alan and Kirk because while their phone call wasn't the one that made the difference with the head of this company, this recovery company, It still meant a lot to me that they were willing to call them and vouch for me and say that you know I was worth trying to save.
0: Amen. And I have to say this, Patriots. I gotta give my my sense on that of first of all, that was God authored. You know, Amen. he said, "I tried all these therapies. God therapy, patriots. That's what it is. The best way to see God is when you are flat on your back." I also want to give a shout out to the women. I've, you know, I I've seen Joni. Uh, Joni is incredible. The women who hold it down. We don't give enough credit. To what it is for some of these, these women they take, you know, to take on a star like you and be able to just be there and back it up and love you through that while you are getting it figured out. She's an incredible Well, Sorry, fella, she's taken. Nope. And uh, but this is this is it and Kirk, huge huge voice in for God in the revival mm-hmm. movement. So you will really have the best of the best. God really took some special care to put the resources behind you. And now you're paying it forward. And Dr. Brandon, who I cannot wait to meet. Jeremy, this is is horrific. I would love to take a moment. I want you to look at the camera and I want you to talk. Because right now, even though it's different, whether it's political, emotional, people are struggling, they're divided, but they're overcoming For some, it's alcohol, some it's drugs, some it's financial. Some of them are overcoming your story of resilience. Look at them and tell them the spirit of how you are bouncing back and what they can do to overcome their demons.
1: Honestly, the biggest thing for me is just, and it it really is my faith, um, The biggest theme in the book that we wrote and that Brandon and I have seen overarching in our lives and constantly, um, intertwined through it is just the fact that God is always working in our lives for the better. Yes. We can't see it most of the time. We don't know it because all our minds see is what we want, what we think we need. But honestly, God is always working in our lives for the better and it may take years and years and years to see the fruit of that and to really realize it but if you can keep that in your mind and in your heart and in your prayers it just gets easier it does that is one of the cornerstones of my recovery is just that faith that knowing that no matter what is going on right now there is a reason there is a plan and i don't need to know the reason
0: and that you are loved and he says that be still and know that I am God, his yoke is light. Mm -hmm. So we we give it all to him. And I just wanted to show this as a success story. Jeremy, incredible, amazing.
1: Thank you. I'll tell you, it was, I never, I meet a lot of people in recovery who have very different views on faith. you know there's a lot of people and and honestly it's one of the reasons I love different re- recovery programs because they welcome you know people of all faiths and all beliefs to try and get them help and you often see god touching their lives through ways you wouldn't have even thought but for me being being able to just know in my heart that no matter what i'm dealing with right now if it was supposed to be any other way it would have been I mean, that's the simplest way I can say it is, you know, our minds tell us this should be, this should be happening. You know, in my mind, there is no should. There isn't. Because if it was supposed to happen that way, it would have. Everything happens exactly how it's supposed to. So um, that's a huge cornerstone of my recovery.
0: It is. And God is not the author of confusion. He's clear the devil is the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. So you got to trust him. And my mom used to say, you can't have faith in God without having faith in God. So you believe him to be faithful and that he loves you and he's got you. And that's where it is. So Jeremy, this is fantastic. So where can people who want to hire you to, to cook for them or read your book or get involved, where can people reach out and find more about what you're doing?
1: Well, you can find the book uh, when I wished upon a star at any of your um, you know online book retailers it's sold on all the major ones as well as the small ones plus it's available in audiobook now we had a wonderful actor who did the uh, become a very good friend of ours um, Max Adler who did the uh, voice reading for our audiobook and he did a brilliant job Um I, I honestly, not that I don't love the book, but he brought so much emotion and captured so much of what our book was really about in his performance that even if you've read the actual you know, physical copy, I recommend, and this is not for money purposes, if you really wanna feel it even more, go get the audiobook and listen to this man's performance because it really is amazing. Um, so you can find that on Audible or on any other, you know, audiobook sites. And you can find me at, uh, okay, these might be backwards, but these are what they are. Um, it is the real Jeremy James Miller on Facebook and Mr. Jeremy James Miller on Instagram. Now that could be reversed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but those are the correct actual uh, handles.
0: And we will try to sort that out. And we will post it on our on Raven's Radar and on our Facebook page and try to get that to make sure patriots can connect. And patriots, I just wanted to give you what it was like. We all have a different walk, but there's so much inspiration in how God walks across many faces. And Jeremy, just have to thank you. Thank you for being so open and transparent. And thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity um, you know, I, I'm very blessed that I have a platform in many different ways to be able to reach out to people and have them reach out back and say, you know, Hey, I need help with this. I have a family member who's struggling. It gives me an opportunity to be there for others. So and I, I very much appreciate the chance you gave me.
0: Amen. So Patriots, we are going to keep it going. I know what you're thinking. Wow. It is really that wow. And we're going to be back right after this. We are here to defend democracy for the people. Hey there, Patriots, it's Raven the Conservative Warrior. I am here on behalf of Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they now offer competitive business plans. Switching to Patriot Mobile from your current carrier has never been easier. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given rights and freedoms. You know us, Patriots, we vote with our wallet stop funding the people who are selling us out. Support Patriot Mobile now. Be part of the solution. Be part of the freedom. Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash raven and get free activation. Patriots mobilize. Thank you, Patriots, for being here for this episode. I hope you got what you needed out of this, because it's not always political, but it's always spiritual. I really wanted to show you, patriots, what it really means to kind of fight in this in this scape that we're in right now. It is tough. It gets to us. It's mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausting, but that's why we have a spiritual refresh. And I just wanted to show patriots that this scans the, the gamut. There are people, nobody's walk is really easy. I always tell people, maybe sometimes the grass is greener on the other side because it's fake, Uh, but you never know what somebody is carrying. You never know what the cross somebody is carrying. So it's really important to be kind. It's really important to stay vigilant. And in this day and age, don't let them tear us apart. Let's live the way God intended us to live, which was to be kind to each other and lift each other up. So I want to thank Jeremy Miller for being so brave to share his story in hopes that it will help somebody and empower us to do what we all can do. We all have a role in getting us back on track. We all have a role. We were all made for this time. So let's step into that anointing and do it. So if you would like to see more about Jeremy Miller and to see more about what we're doing, please go to ravenharrison.com. On social media, you can find me as Raven, the conservative warrior, raven underscore TX Warrior, our website has been all designed, redesigned. It's fabulous. Check it out, Patriots. And I'd love for you to get a copy of my book. It is Raven's Mantle. That is the best way to help us in our fight. It is an incredible story. I am the child of a cold war. We're going into another one. I am the daughter of two air force colonels and I am the mom of a a future warrior who was expelled from school for voting for Trump in a mock election. That's what brought me to the front lines and that's what let me know that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies who he calls. He asked me to step up and I'm stepping up and I am happy to do it. I'm honored that patriots have faith in me. To come and try to do whatever I can to put this back on track and to make it right. So it is available at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. You can get information on our website as well at ravenharrison.com. And I'm telling you, patriots, we should be encouraged, not broken and downtrodden the way they want us to be, chest back, shoulders back, and proudly and boldly going, we don't have to save our country, we get to save our country. So let's do it. And until we see you again, patriots, keep fighting.